0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. We could do buttons and minstrels because buttons are very good so they rest on the tongue and they melt.
1: I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's, but maybe it's because I like a bit more of a crunch. I'm a biscuit man, really, at heart, James. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everyone. Happy 2024. James, That's how was it.
0: your Christmas? Well, George, I'd be lying if I said anything about it because it
1: is the 22nd of December currently we re- we're recording Look, this. Yeah, full disclosure, we are pre-recording this because of the, you know, James and I do like to give each other a time off over, over the break. It's the important. The show must go on. The show must go on. So all podcasts will be doing this. We're not, we're not alone. Yeah. But don't worry, we've got a very, very 2024 focus themed episode mm-hmm. ahead of for us but first of all james how are you oh i'm a bit sick you I are got a bit sick.
0: christmas lurgy and i'm so sorry i came in hot for you saying i thought it was your fault because last week you were a bit sick but it's just the parties it's it is the, it's the going out it's the cold weather the everything so it's if not if I my sound fault very nasal today i'm very sorry if i do blow my nose or cough i promise i will edit it out
1: please note that i had a different type of ailment last week which, I'm launching a full-scale which inquiry, which was not not to do with me. Dominic Cummings, you will, will be find uh, leaking all Forgive me, I had a chest uh, infection. You described
0: George <laughs> as symptoms at the a time. A fucking lunatic.
1: <laughs> Can you explain why 5,000... to was... grasp basic basic concepts like charts. So our number. I'm sorry that you got a Christmas lucky, yeah, but no. this is it. This is very much I, as soon as we finish recording today, we're basically both off. We go. I'm going home. Yeah. I'm home. Home. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the the other side of the M25. Yeah. God help me. <laughs> beyond. Beyond. Yeah. And you're off to the... Tone. Yeah. Oh, what, a, what, a, what a great idea you've Can't had yeah. to go to a warmer, sunnier climate. Yeah. The, to the Southern Hemisphere. Southern Hemisphere. Southern Hemisphere sun. Oh. It has to be done. It has to be done. Can't wait. And, um, yeah, last week, you must remember, well, last year, we should say, the uh, Pop Kitchen Awards. The second we, annual. We did, yeah, we did our review of the year and uh, if what you haven't checked night. that out, what a night it was. And, and, you know, if you haven't seen the pictures in the Daily Mail of you and me staggering out of a limo yeah. at four o'clock the, the in the morning, bow ties undone, yes,
0: a, a bottle of champagne in one hand, do you think cigarette in the other?
1: You'll ever get to the point where you can tie your own bow tie, or are you going to be one of those people? I that- can tie my own bow tie. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I uh, probably, if you asked me to do it right now, I'd fail. But mm-hmm. there was a period of time when I could do it. I'd probably have to check.
1: Whereas, in, where there' was a normal winds or not, you just know <laughs> off by heart. Winds, oh, like a tie tie. Yeah, the yeah. winds are not. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, well, there's. But well, school every day. Yeah, but school tying there's, there's a cheat There's a cheap way to tie a school tie, isn't it? That's <laughs> easy, easily peanutted. <laughs> yes, as yeah. they would say when yeah. you pull it down and knot it. Yeah. But no, I mean Double. like a a thing. So. We're going to go through some of the most anticipated movies we're looking forward to mm. in this new year of our Lord, 2024. Yes.
0: And also, with all of these, people who've listened to these episodes before, any release dates, windows we throw out, massive pinch of salt. Yeah, hugely Huge, flexible. Uh, just famously shift, like the tectonic plates of our planet. And the number of times you and me have been like, well, that's clearly not coming out. Exactly. And, and so it's usually a good indicator. For
1: some release dates are US-specific. Others yep. are not. Also, we have a bonus episode. Yes. A bizarrely, coincidentally, Netflix-themed one in which we shall be reviewing our thoughts on... Not reviewing our thoughts. We'll be giving our thoughts and reviewing Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Yep. Uh, James has finally seen Maestro. Uh-huh. caught up that big Oscar contender for this year. And also, we finished The Crown at yes. last season six completed and the whole therefore seasons of the crown completed we will be talking about that in spoiler detail in our bonus episode this week i'm sure many of you over the christmas period have gone and seen those things Mm. so check out for that bonus episode later this week but until then james shall we get on with some of the most anticipated movies of 2024 please So James, I've got a list of ten movies that I've plucked out of various different lists Mm. online. There are already articles circulating from you know big media brands about things, and I've shopped around a few. There's one from Time that I've uh, lifted, uh, you know, got got a few inspirations from. And we're going to start with uh, a film that feels a little bit cheating to say it is the most anticipated film of 2024 because it also was one of the most anticipated films Mm. of 2023 until it was moved because of the strikes. That is, of course, Dune Part Two. Cue Sand. It's coarse. It's dirty. It gets Whisp- everywhere. Whispering under a veil. Yeah. Blue. Deeply blue eyes. Yeah. And yeah. and um, drinking your own the rub- sweat and pee. The rumble of a sandworm. Yes. The exactly. The, the, <laughs> doing the Fremen. The Fremen dance across <laughs> the sand. <laughs> so they. Silly. I know. <laughs> like, to not silly. detect the sandworms. It's like dum dum dum. Dun, dun. Just put Candy by yeah. Cameo over. Dune it.
0: is a film that I think right now for me is the poster child for sleek, chic, modern sci-fi. Yes, in that it looks very slick. It it, it feels very smart. It's beautifully shot with the best, most attracting, most attractive actors you can yes, work they're with. They're all
1: very handsome.
0: Yeah, like I could you could easily just while they're filming go, guys, can I just shoot the new perfume ad mm. it's called spice for him and her yeah and then it's like timothy chalamet yeah, spice by arrakis spice by Arrak- yeah, arrakis yeah arrakis spice and yeah. like you know their blue eyes and the thing and they're just tripping balls and mm. it's like in a little vial it's ready to be a perfume ad yes um, i, I and then sorry i look at that and i go that's very slick and it's very well presented and that's kind of what i think cool slick sci-fi looks like that doesn't feel cheap and i sometimes look over the other offering, and I haven't seen this film yet, but I look at Rebel Moon, which is coming out, I think, day before Christmas, Christmas Eve. It's, or, well, by the time of this release, it would have been out. And I just look at it and I go, I, it just doesn't look, despite it being original, new IP, I know based on a, originally based on a Star Wars script, it I just, for some reason, doesn't look as slick and as cool and as modern yeah. as Dune does.
1: I think Dune has a much more kind of original vision. Yeah. And an original idea and an original aesthetic. Um, it's coming out in March, and I will. Th- I, I I'm looking forward to. It. I saw the trailer once, so I needed to see it mm. because you and I both saw it and went right. Just too many plot details in there yep, for us. Thank you very much. The film. But I think how I feel this will make how I feel about the first one. So yeah, I agree. If I watch this and it really succeeds, I will feel much better about part one. I will re-watch part one ahead of this. As well, mm. absolutely. Um, that but that's why I'm excited. It's like this. It does look really good. It looks like the kind of action kicking into gear. Yeah. But for me, it will. I kind of get two two films out of that. I mm. get the joy of the first one and the second one. So that is June. That is coming out I, in March. March.
0: I totally agree with you from part two. I will see my feelings. It will sort of finish off my feelings for part one where we both felt like yes, cool. Yeah. Need to see the end. Um, I want from part two a little bit more to chew on as an audience member, a little bit more of a concept to digest. Mm. I loved part one. It was visually fantastic but I don't think there was so much intellectually for me to be like, yes, of course. Yes, this. I, know, I know, know a different film but versus Blade Runner 2049. Mm. So Rich and mm. intellectual and conceptually, conceptually rich, and I, and I had so I, I thought that film was just brilliant and smart. I'm not saying June yeah. is dumb, but I was like, I want, I want something to think about.
1: To also, I am assuming that part two is not the final chapter. I'm assuming they're going to try and do a third. So he At least said a third, right? there is a
0: script for, for June Part Three, and Denis Villeneuve would love to do it, but he wants to do something
1: else first. I understand that. Which which is very funny. I wonder whether the studio will let him do that or they will go for somebody else. I imagine they'll let him do Uh, it because you kind of need an overarching architect. Assuming
0: it's critically and commercially
1: successful, I'm sure they would go. But then that means... kind
0: of like how Nolan did Dark Knight, then he did Inception, then Dark Knight Rises. That's true. And he actually did
1: Batman Begins and then The Prestige. Oh, that's true. He did do one-on-one-off. And Coppola did... Part Godfather conversation yeah. part two. So it, yeah. it does happen. Yeah. And maybe it's actually quite good creatively. Mm. So you,
0: that would be like 10 years he would have worked on June. One, one thing. Otherwise,
1: also, what you do get by the third installment is you're kind of out of fresh creativity, you're out of fresh mm. ideas, and you're kind of rehashing the two projects you've just worked on. Yeah. Interesting conversation. The next Maybe film- Maybe we
0: should take a break from this podcast, make a new one, <laughs> and then come back rejuvenated. Uh,
1: the next film that caught my attention that's coming out in March is a film called Mickey 17 with Robert Pattinson. And this is interesting because it is Bong Joon-ho's new mm. film. Bong Joon-ho, of course, made many films, but most recently, of course, the fantastic Parasite, which won the Oscar, mm-hmm. Best Picture. Um, it stars Robert Pattinson in his science fiction thriller in which he is a, the titular Mickey 17, an expendable space traveller sent on a deadly mission to colonise a planet. When he dies, his body is cloned with most of his memories intact, setting off a cycle that parallels immortality. A little bit of Duncan Jones's moon in there as well. Such a Robert Pattinson film in yes. a good way. He yes. loves
0: an original... Concept, yeah, a bit of sci-fi, like
1: Cosmopolis. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, um, uh, good our, time. Uh, High Life. Did you ever see that? The one in space. High Life. No. Oh, that, oh, that looks good though. Yeah, I saw, yeah it was um, okay with Andre Three Thousand in it. Yeah, yeah. I would say this looks obviously a much smaller. This is like after the, the success of Parasite, Bong Joon Ho goes makes a smaller mm-hmm. side project. Um, but I'm 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 interested to see what Patterson chooses
0: his films really well. Always interested. I'm always interested. I'm
1: always yeah. Too, I'm always, yeah uh, that's a smart smart agent. Smart yeah, man there. Yeah. Um, the next film I uh, I also wanted to check out because it's got loads of good talent in it and it visually looks beautiful to look at yes. is uh, Luca Guarnino's new film, Challengers. Luca Guarnino, of course, who directed Call Me By Your Name, mm. Suspiria, Bones and All. And this stars Zendaya, Josh O'Connor, who we like very much from yeah, The Crown, do, do. and Mike Feist, who I mentioned when we talked about most hot actors right now. And I, mm. Mike Feist was in uh, Spielberg's West Side Story was fantastic in it and I saw him on stage in London last year in Brokeback Mountain he was fantastic and you have this kind of what looks like a very 1980s set um, waspish love triangle mm. in the sort of the tennis world full of sex a little bit of blood it's a sexy thriller um, and I... I'm all for it, frankly. There are nowhere near enough tennis movies. Tennis is so dramatic it's and, exciting, and it Underserved
0: very well. Thank you. And um, I love John Favreau's Wimbledon starring Paul Bettany and Kirsten Dunst. That's Kirsten a John Favreau some, film. Yes, it's a John oh, Favreau film. Wow. I'm pretty sure it's a John Favreau film. You can hear him directing it. Don't quote me. Wimbledon film. Okay. John Favreau. No, oh, <laughs> it's not. Richard Lockrain. Why did I think. Did he produce it? Take it back!
1: It's a Richard Lockean film. You don't know what you're talking about, do you? I don't know what I'm talking about. So that is Challengers, and that has that was pushed back by the strikes, and that is coming out in April. But yeah, a great trio of talent there, solid director, uh, and an interesting original premise. I look forward to seeing that. And my King Richard
0: thought. was a good tennis film. it Was a solid. Tennis well, I didn't film. see that
1: one. Yeah, I didn't see Take My King out of My Richard's Mouth. Um, or yes. that sounded terrible. Yeah. I meant I tried to do a Will Smith joke, but that sounded yeah, really, really strange. Like um, but I, but I but I should go see that. Yeah. Um. The next movie is from another uh, director we are interested in, particularly Ooh. you, I think, mm. is, which is Alex Garland. Alex Garland, like Alex who Garland. directed Ex Machina, mm-hmm. Annihilation, mm-hmm. and Men. 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 And um, this, his new film is called Civil War. That's also out in April from A24, mm. which is a dystopian thriller. It imagines a deeply divided America in the not so distant future, ravaged by a violent second civil war, starring Kirsten Dunst, Kaylee Spaney and Jesse Plemons, who is their husband and wife, aren't they? Jesse and Kirsten. Yes, yeah. um, the film probes just how far people will go to defend their beliefs. Now, uh, Ex Machina, only seen once, but I liked it. Mm. Annihilation, only seen once. Flawed, but I liked it. Yeah, bold, bold ending. Striking. In the lighthouse. Totally. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Men, bold and striking, but also flawed by the ending. Yes, but- very flawed. If you want a director who is giving interesting ideas mm. in a sort of mixed bag of soup, uh, I, I think Alex Garland is a way to go. So I'd be interested in that.
0: Alex Garland's very good at making uh, origi- original ideas that are very contained. Uh, you know, ex machina contained in that house, mm. like a sort of hot box, sweaty, yes. intense thriller. Annihilation, a little bit less so, but emerging into this yeah. Tarkovsky, stalker-esque world. And then you got got... Um, men which yes contained in this like dystopian horrible, horrible village, village yeah. or mm. in the house even so that like, civil war feels like a sort of expanding into a slightly larger fray not mm. so you can't do it but interesting larger mm. subject to tackle for him
1: no relation to uh captain america either i'm wondering if no. they should have called it like My the second captain civil war or something or civil war 2 civil war but then it it's like a sequel <laughs> yeah, I well i haven't seen civil war one so i can't mm. watch this It's uh th- looking at some of the ideas i'm like
0: is it a bit on the nose and easy to mm. tackle, a sort of—is it too soon yes. to go? Oh, the civil war between right and left, yes. and one is winning, and the ideas are being squashed, or
1: basically being like, you know, how we're polarized now. Yeah. Just crank up the temperature in like, a few years' time. We've had so well. an insurrection attempt, mm. and when you say we, I mean the, the Americans. Yeah. Democracy. Yes, yes you're <laughs> right. Yes, 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 yes. And
0: like you know, this week. Trump's maybe or maybe not going to be allowed to, under the Constitution... By the time of recording, we'll that would be a few months ago, If we You know, it's ago. all very much... It's, <laughs> it's all in it's the balance. It's about to kick off. Mm. It's that song by Bo Burnham, that funny feeling, which is that mm. funny feeling that everything's literally just about to
1: end. And on maybe that note, move on. let's move on to... Um, uh, Back to Black, the Amy Winehouse <laughs> biopic, directed by Sam Taylor-Johnson, mm. who, of course, made Nowhere Boy and, uh, I think, Fifty Shades of Grey, actually, the first film. Um... This has been kind of got a lot of mixed feelings about this. And I kind of do as well. So the reason is, is that I believe that uh, um, Amy Winehouse's father is involved in the production of this film. And anyone who saw Asif Kapadia's Amy Mm. documentary about her knows that her relationship with her father and her father's involvement in her life was very problematic, very troubling, and um, kind of poses questions about how complicit her father was in perpetuating her situation sadly Mm. um so when you kind of get a kind of glossy studio uh father sanctioned production about her life people have kind of become a little bit uncomfortable i've seen already people lots of accounts absolutely trashing it like pre hating Mm. on it um i i want to keep a slight open mind because I believe Sam Taylor Johnson can make an interesting film. It yeah. stars a newcomer, Marissa Abea, from Industry, a f- show I've never watched. I've heard people talk about. And I but I also have heard it's trash. As I well. had
0: so many people recommend me that show. Like, oh, industry. Yeah. It's so good, you know, untold story. I thought it was fucking dog shit. Yeah. Really. It was just uh is so much like a lot of TV around that time, so sexual because it could, and yeah. therefore it's interesting. I'm like, this this sex does not need to be in here. Yeah. Dialogue was terrible. Yes. Um, I've seen
1: g- clips pushed me on TikTok. I'm like, that's a scene?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I watched three episodes and I, I I gave it three episodes because so many people had said it was great. And then me and Tally were just like, I'm sorry, this is not, this is mm. not a good show. That, sorry, I didn't finish it. Maybe it got better.
1: So that's out in May. And yeah, from the stills that have been released, absolutely, Marissa looks just like uh, Amy Winehouse. Mm. I'm and
0: actually surprised it's taken this long to do mm, an Amy Winehouse. I book, think... She's so beloved and...
1: I think probably the Asif Capade documentary kind of yeah, set probably. things off on an, 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 an even keel. But go see... Uh, Asa is as Amy was that's it a good documentary
0: separately was it you that told me that the Michael Jackson family had commissioned to buy a biopic about Michael Jackson starring
1: like his nephew yeah, yeah. which is slightly strange considering mm, yeah I feel Michael I Jackson's sentiment is a bit split to say the least yeah. I mean uh, yeah I don't know that's not on this list and I don't think it's coming out so then there yeah. hasn't actually been any more news about that so yeah pinch of salt. pinch of salt moving on to a film that has definitely got our attention with a massively exciting trailer, which is Furiosa. Furiosa. A Mad Max saga. Nine years it'll be since uh, Fury Road came out. Yeah. We have uh, a prequel that follows Charlize Theron's character as a young woman prequel. played by mm-hmm. Anya Taylor-Joy. But a bit like how Mad Max Fury Road was a sort of sequel prequel, doesn't really matter mm-hmm. in relation to Mad Max. This This is basically a Mad Max movie mm-hmm. without... Mad Max. Mm. It doesn't really matter when it's set. Q Dunes, Sand Buggies, Steampunk. Oil, oil slick. Yeah. Uh Chris Hemsworth in a lot of prosthetic. No, he's got a real schnoz. Doing in it. And what I like about Mad Max I'm always like, oh yeah, it's Australia. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like a dystopic Australia. I'm so glad to get out of the States mm. for this kind of movie. Um it does look very much like um the the first one. I hope it's not a rehash of everything that worked with Fury Road. I hope it really builds on it and it gives us something more for because mm. mrs miller hasn't made anything i don't think oh no he made that's it he made three thousand years of longing that was it yes which i oh saw which i actually really like because it was so, so have yeah. you seen it you, no no but it's i remember com- you talking yeah, about completely it on the show. wild and now he's gone back to doing this i think um i'm, I'm interested the thing is about man back's fury road is that i only saw that once i saw it at the cinema yeah and i enjoyed it but i've been always a bit surprised at how the love and yeah. adulation that film has received in the past mm. 10 years. Like, people hold it as, like, a genuine masterpiece. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't disagree with it, but I'm like, oh, I have to go and rewatch that now.
0: Yeah, I think I've seen it thrice. Oh, wow. Uh, in cinema, at home. I think we've had then, this conversation yeah. before. I, I think... I, I agree. It's uh, Masterpiece is a strong word to use for it. It's an immediate like masterpiece of of visual storytelling i don't really think we got many films like that of the studio blockbuster that managed to achieve storytelling in that way and it felt so fresh and so new really tactile film film filmmaking very kinetic and that was such a refreshing change from something which i looked at that film before i saw it and i thought that will come and go and no one will ever think about that random tom hardy movie Mm. but um no it was really surprisingly very good really great action Yes, surprised it took this long to do it. A lot of interesting stories from uh, the relationship between um, Tom Hardy and... Charlie Theron. Charlie Theron. Mm. They did not get on mm. together when they were working.
1: Yes, he's a bit of an interesting character, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I would just say at this point, James, you offered to get me some water before you recorded and it has not materialised. Should we take a break? Should we take a Pulp Kitchen B-roll break, and uh, then we'll have And then, water. We, uh, and then we, you can get me some water, and we can talk about the other films we can do. Also, you did say you were going to change your jumper, which has a hole in it, but you, you've stuck to it now. It's fine. Is there anything else? You real? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just as tough as that. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep, did keep you want a break.
0: to break? Yeah, I can take a, like a, po- a, a podcast
1: break. I mean, I keep going. I don't mind. The music will be fading in now. I have water. I, I think there'll have be water in my B-roll right? and yeah, a T. No, it's just um, so... <laughs> I- Thank you, James, for just giving me some water. Show, show the people the water. And he's put ice in it. Isn't that classy? Yeah. It's really nice. You do look after me here.
0: Yeah, in the summer, you get straw because it adds mm. to the cooling effect.
1: Oh, I love it. Like, yeah. We've talked about it before, like the hamster. in the
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of a straw. When you suck it, it, it washes in.
1: Mm. Goes straight to the back. Okay, okay. next up. Look, well... Um, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> so, um, Deadpool 3 yeah. in July. Now, I don't know... Where do you even begin with this? Because yeah. first of all, Deadpool, the last Deadpool came out like five years ago. It'll be six years by the time this film comes out. Mm-hmm. In which time we, we're very much aware of that Ryan Reynolds can do the Deadpool shtick. It, Deadpool is not new and funny anymore. It's kind of like it, the mm. first Deadpool came out in 2016 and it was kind of like, ooh, ooh risky. And the was, second one came out 2018. We're like, oh, okay, funny. And now um, it's going to be- Seven years. Deadpool 1 really felt like Ryan Reynolds had reached his final form. Yes. Like he'd
0: long been... That, that's him at the peak of his powers. Yes. His, his comedy had always kind of been leaning towards it, and it felt like his pivotal role. Yes. And from that, we've seen a lot of Ryan Reynolds films where he does Deadpool... Yeah, variations Deadpool, on that. ...sort of in la- levels up to 11. Yes. And he, that's kind of his thing. And look, I can't really say, oh, he does the same thing in every film, because a lot of like really top actors who are very successful do the same thing in every film. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked Deadpool 2. I don't remember it well, and I'm not like... It's I was fine. very very much satiated and I'm very happy to see what Devil through whenever it's ready, which turns out it was this year. I think that. Um, got you got Wolverine coming back. Yes,
1: yeah, so Hugh Jackman's back is Wolverine in a, in a sort of. Uh, in the costume that is like the classic one the 90s. classic, the yellow yeah. one. Which after, after
0: Logan on the Graham Norton show, him and Patrick Stewart announced that they were very. They wanted to rest yeah. the characters and let it rest yeah. on that very lovely note that Logan left it on. And I was like, nice, now move on. But I obviously know. he needs to come back in Avengers. I seven. know. And and
1: also, where does this where does this fit with Marvel at the
0: moment, James? Well, it's 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 coming in. This, this is the, is the one, one Marvel
1: film we get next year. Yeah. So one the v- X Men are being teased currently in post credit scenes across the MCU. Which Don't know which? If you knew that. No, I didn't know that. Is that no. a spoiler? Well, I guess it is. Now, which 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 post credit scenes?
0: So in post credit for Captain Marvel. What?
1: Yeah, Beast is that um, Kelsey Grammer's Beast. Oh, from the Foxverse. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad. Got... Good for you, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. All done
0: up in the blue. Yeah.
1: You know, Kelsey Grammer, as the Fraser reboot says, doesn't have a lot of time. So, you know, Sorry, sorry, has a lot of time on his hands at the <laughs> moment. Doesn't have a lot boring. going on in his plate. What do you know? Um, and um, yeah, God, that's sounded incredibly tight, didn't yeah. it? Um, and if they were like, you need to sit in makeup for four hours every day just to film this, like, mm. maybe I'll be there putting the makeup on. Mm. That's a Fraser reference for you. Cool. So, okay, so they're teasing the X Men. And
0: Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, is like acknowledging that the X Men are around in the universes. Of Professor X Pedro Pascal has been cast He hasn't been cast He's been
1: teased He's not cast I think he's cast It he got cast Really? Yeah. Why, are you, why do you know this And I don't? <laughs> don't Pedro Pascal anything. Reed Richards I don't think it was yeah.
0: Which I thought was a While boring. a deal
1: is far from done Sources tell Deadline That three-time Emmy nominee Pedro Pascal Is, is in talks to players It's oh, not yeah. signed no, on no, the dotted no. line I
0: think it's a bit boring I'd rather they made a new star If you ask me Yeah but he's so hot right now he is so hot right now, but he's a bit, uh, he's such a known, known but he's too. such a
1: daddy. And he, he, he was playing the OG daddy, daddy would not he? Such a daddy. Like, it's actually, I think it's actually quite a smart choice. It's hot. Like, they did the Krasinski thing and they yeah. needed to move on. It's like a fan thing. Um, anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah, that it's, is. It's all, it's all coming around. Um, and also Marvel is currently trying to obviously massively recalibrate because their whole um, Kang linchpin has become undone. Post- yeah. Do, do you want to
0: talk about that now? Because I think, I think 2024 currently only has. Devil. Deadpool, and there's one other thing.
1: It's, it's the first year in ages.
0: They basically- well, We don't have like four Marvel Marvel films.
1: cottoned on about five years later than everyone else that they were putting out too much content and we're like, oh yeah, we need it's to It's just Deadpool
0: 3. So we've got Madame Web, which doesn't count, and Craven the Hunter, which doesn't count. they're Sony-verse. They're Sony-verse, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about <laughs> that bottom, on this show.
1: <laughs> the bottom of the barrel. Jeez, please. But, uh... <laughs> oh no, Craven the Hunter? Oh no. <laughs> anyway. Who do we got? Who do we got? Who do we got? <laughs> spin, spin the wheel. And- madam
0: web yes yeah. we go further? Yeah. a spider-man villain from like 90s cartoons please let's but, move on uh, let's... Yeah, sorry, that is quite telling though just to acknowledge that marvel is putting a pause on yes. their films for them to only release one film is like whoa taking a break and then we the news will be sort of three four weeks old by the time you listen to this but this week jonathan majors was fired oh. was fired from the mcu after Pink the Van court ruled that most of the uh allegations of abuse had come through which I mean, The evidence never really looked good for him and I think Marvel probably known for a very long time this is going to happen. I'm sure they have a file A with all of the rest of the scripts for the next yeah. 10 films and then a folder B with yeah. all of the rest of the scripts for the next 10 films and Kevin Feige will like, initiate folder B yeah. and now all the other films have been rewritten. Uh, do you think it'll be recast or do you think they'll just get rid of him? I
1: think they'll get rid of him.
0: Just, just change it completely. Despite uh, I, everything I, I, they've done to say,
1: unless they could do a, re- the a recast. But the problem is, the, the title like, of the Avengers form will change. Uh, 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 but also, it's the thing is, Kang see. like it is his face throughout eternity. You can't be like, and now he has a different face. Like, are you just not going to address that? That's mm. a, like, you can do it with Mark Ruffalo becoming the Hulk after Edward Norton and and Don Cheadle becoming War Machine. But yeah. like, for something you've built up this much, mm, it's hard. I don't know. And it also. You know, I saw this talk online, being like, "Oh, John Boyega could step into the role." It doesn't it feel a little bit um tactless to be like, "Right, uh insert other black actor mm. so we can get to just fill this role for us." I think like, I like think look You know what? Way. Maybe do a rethink because also, how are we all, how are we actually feeling about Kang? Not that excited. It's, I think maybe do something on else. On and off. Anyway, let's move on to. Another superhero film, but in a different way, which is Joker 2, Joker Folie a Deux, which comes out in October. <laughs> you said that with
0: such a, a heavy
1: accent. Folie a Deux. It's got, it's, it's written Folie a Deux. It's got an accent over the A and it's, I mean, I'm not going to go Folie a Deux. Folie a Deux. It's Folie a Deux. Folie a um, In this film... uh
0: is the French term for um, uh, dual personality...
1: Thank so, you for so that. that, they, that they, is it a folly If you split have. Split I don't split know. Yeah. I, something. I, a, a due folly. There's <laughs> something up there. Wacky Phoenix returns to his Oscar winning role as Arthur Fleck, and Lady Gaga stars as Dr. Harleen Quinzel, a psychologist at Arkham Asylum, who, as we know, Treats jo- the Joker, but however, it leads to her own Descendant of Madness and the adoption of a new persona, Harley Quinn.
0: Fully a de- delusional mental illness shared by two people in close association. Right. So Joker and Harley.
1: So like a partnership. Um, our, and, I, I've heard it's like going to be very like musical led, isn't it? It's very, you know, I, I'm sort of very, very lukewarm on mm. the original Joker. I know mm. you hold it in high regard. Yeah, I don't think that film needed a sequel, but we're getting it. I guess it was inevitable. No. However, if they are really leaning in and making it more wild with Lady Gaga, making it you know, a musical or whatever, mm. I'm okay with that. Push push, push it. Push the envelope a mm. little bit. Mm. Let's, let's continue what the essential... Most interesting ingredient about the first Joker was, which is, it's a superhero film, but not as you know it. Mm. So keep doing that, lean into that more. The sequel really takes the impact out of that film standing alone mm. and having the impact that it did, and yes. being quite a
0: surprise. And
1: in a in a um, oversaturated mm. superhero film full of sequels and spin-offs and stuff. we're now getting a sequel to oh, it. So, yeah. It's... Yeah. But, but I'm interested to
0: see what they did, what they can do years on given yeah. what Joker had to say, regardless of whether it was, thought it was intended to yeah. or not, the film still had the effect. Yes. I mean, I'm curious. I'll be very excited to see what they do with it.
1: And then we have another sequel, because there's a pattern emerging here. Um, Gladiator 2 in November. Ridley Scott returning, Ridley Scott directing. you um,
0: we just said can't be the title.
1: It can't, be, it can't be that. It can't be. You can't just call it Gladiator Two. You have to call it like Gladiator, like the the Rise of the Sandals rise or something like it, yeah. you know, or something something else. Yeah. Because Gladiator Two just sounds like something on a spreadsheet that a studio exec signed off on. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Ridley really Scott's back. He's returning it. He's just mm-hmm. done the epic Napoleon, and now he's doing the epic this. As we know, Paul Mescal stars as. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul Mescal stars as the now-grown Lucius Verus, which is Commodus's, aka Joaquin Phoenix's nephew, yeah. who was saved by Russell Crowe in the original Gladiator. I don't remember don't that. So remember, but sure. As he seeks answers about his biological father, well, he probably his, his face is probably still on a couple of coins, like lying yeah, around. Yeah, it, it he's sculpted
0: into the side of the Colosseum.
1: But that also stars Pedro Pascal and Barry Keoghan and a lot of interesting talent, mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. you know gladiator we've i think we can underestimate we forget sorry not underestimate we forget how huge gladiator was in 2000 i know we were very young at the time everyone had that dvd it was hard rotation it was Mm. it won the best picture oscar yeah, it was the, the song was playing everything, and that song has been memed and played out, yeah. and you know
0: done loads of times. Typical like woman's voice. Over, yeah, like, walking over through a, a field of wheat. The field that amazing clip of it's Russell Crowe walking through the field, and this guy's lying in the field with a hand. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, that's very
1: good. Um, and I guess it was kind of inevitable. It's, it, the fact it's taken twenty four years to seem like a long period of time, but yeah, you know what? I'm we haven't had a good. I don't think we've had a good sword and sandals epic since gladiator don't large, get, don't tell it? me 300 was as good as that we all know it wasn't like no i watched gladiator fairly recently and it and it is a solid film like it, it works when i was 12
0: or whenever 300 came out it was the coolest film oh god yeah it was the coolest oh my film god yeah you could and watch a great trailer the visual aesthetic oh god this is so, so cool. dark grungy you got like a fast but we didn't know he was fast yeah. in there and just just like the all the concepts I thought there's nothing cooler yeah and then you watch it later as a grown up and you're like eh, it's a little bit it's
1: a bit like um... it's a bit trashy a bit like yeah that. yeah um, um, but, but Gladiator 2 yeah.
0: sure I'm, su- I'm actually surprised believe it when it's, I see been, it.
1: it's been 25 years I I also think that as we said look really Scott a little bit hit and miss at the moment. Yeah. If it sticks to the epic, if his if the epic parts of Gladiator 2 are as good as the epic parts of Napoleon, that's great. It's the human drama that I worry about mm. with these films. I need the script and the human element to be good because really Scott, mm. as I said in our Napoleon review, has such impatience mm. and such works at such a speed, speed that, that it, it really done. diminishes the kind of emotional landing. He's only point.
0: able to have the output he currently has by yes. going from Napoleon into Gladiator 2 by probably working so quickly. I
1: think yes. With Gladiator 2, I think I'm also interested to see Paul Mescal break out of sad, tortured man, you know, sad yeah. boy, into be a brute. Be a brute in a like a you know a proper epic. Yeah. Let's see you in some sunshine. On Let's some see you muscle. in the pit. Let's see you wrestle a tiger with yeah. your bare hands, yeah. Paul. I'll we'll love it. Oh, sand all play. over it. <laughs> Please.
0: <laughs> Bevin, remain calm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? So that's Gladiator 2. And then last of all, I film I think we're both interested to see, which is Mm. slated for December 25th, which seems bizarre because this is not a Christmas movie. Robert Eggers, Mm. who made The Witch, The Vivitch, rather, and um, The Lighthouse and The Northman, Mm returns with a remake of Nosferatu the mm. 1920s silent you know Dracula vampire inspired film which if you have any seen any clips of online is still very creepy Horrifying. still uh, chilling and this sort of depiction of 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 oh, uh, this bald pointy toothy vampiric figure mm. um and he's 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 you know directing a a new adaptation of that that was that was 1922 the original that's that's That's
0: a a masterpiece for 1922 absolutely come on and and just in the history of
1: cinema nosferatu is held up
0: as if you haven't seen it i kind of almost would say you actually have go and just youtube some of the scenes it's been referenced in in other films and tv for years like family guy have referenced it yeah Uh, and it's terrifying go and just look at some of the scenes creeping up towards the bedroom while you wait Uh, the, the sort of deeply gothic noir descendants into yeah Transylvania, Hell, whatever it is. It's really, really horrifying.
1: Um, Bill Skarsgård, he of horror fame, we mm. love Bill Skarsgård, is playing the infamous vampire. He's cool. And then uh, equal. Lily Rose Depp is the object of his infatuation, but also mm. Willem Dafoe is in it as a sort of sort of vampire hunter figure. Perfect. Willem Dafoe. I just, what a great guy. He'd be a good sort of Van Helsing for anyone, wouldn't he? I did see, when I saw him at the Poor Things premiere, I did think, you have... Just the most interesting face. Yeah, you do. I want to grab it and be like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like a puppy. You know? A yeah. all the fur they're ever
0: gonna have in life. And they like if they sit forward too much, it like rolls over. Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> like, wow. That, that face is elastic. Yeah. So he does lots of interesting. work. That's like a really interesting Defoe. mix. That my, I... one of my favorite
0: roles is in the Mister Bean's Holiday. He's in that one. <laughs> 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 yeah. Really. Defoe. He plays a uh, writer, director, actor who stars, directs, writes his own films. Huh. It's very funny.
1: James, of the ten films we've mentioned there, if you had mm. to pick one, mm. what are you most excited for?
0: I'm gonna pick. I, I really like Nosferatu. Challenges, wow. do you like? I'm excited for, but like when it's ready, I'll watch it.
1: Yeah, I'm always like it's you, almost like a foregone conclusions, but well. we know it's
0: gonna be. If good. it came out next week, great. If it came out in November, fine. Okay, it's
1: foregone. Um, ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. Mm-hmm, I'm gonna jump. say actually, Furiosa. Yeah. Okay. For the for the point that I'm like okay. Everyone's telling me that this is the previous one was a masterpiece. Mm. It's been nine years. It's quite a lot of time. Yeah. Let's see what else you got. Let's see if this is going to be a new film or is it going to be a rehash of the original because we've not seen anything like this, anything like this, since Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. So give it to me.
0: Love more budget, more fun. Yeah. I, I,
1: it is refreshing to not
0: have to, the last two times we've done this, point at three Marvel films and be like, the Marvels? Yes. I guess they're doing that at least. We rest the characters. Yes. They can scramble and write yeah. the whole new thing and just, just rest it, let people, let people want it again. Um,
1: yeah, Back to Black could be good. But uh, there are loads of other films coming out as well, but we haven't got time to mention them all. But email us in to hello pop pulpkitchenpodcast.com and let us know what films you're excited for and what films we should be looking out for Any, we, there are films we've missed anything we've missed
0: totally and as always there are films we don't even know about that are going to come out and we're going to fall in love with
1: and there's loads of films that we saw last year that are kind of in this kind of awards season cycle yeah. so let us know what films you're excited for
0: 2024 time to read the first batch of emails from the sirens as always guys if you wanted to send an email to the show you can do by emailing it to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com
1: and i will just say when we did the pop kitchen awards we put a shout out for everyone's thoughts about 2023 in review we had we had a great response from people telling us all what their favorite films were from last year and we tried to read out as many as we could we couldn't read out them all some came in after we already recorded it we saw them we read them but it is 2024 now so we won't be uh, reading those through anymore we will be moving on with our eyes set to the future to this new year speaking of reading harry writes into Hi the show harry. and says, so, to hello
0: pop dot com," and he says Subject line, George, colon, favorite films you studied and worst films you studied. Hiya, George and James. Huzzah, you remember me. After going back and listening to many episodes again, like I need an excuse, I couldn't for the life of me find my first question. Yes,
1: so Harry was the one who emailed in said that we hadn't read his first email about being heartbroken when he went to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, even though I remember us doing it, but he can't seem to find it. I don't know, maybe maybe it disappeared, but anyway. He says, sorry, George, I have failed you.
0: Insert Michael Caine crying in the Dark Knight Rises. Nevertheless, it feels great, you remembered my new email brings around a question more catered to george apologies james as a fellow film studies graduate what was your favorite module you remember also what was the best film you were introduced to during your studies for me i was introduced in my first year to city of god and omg what a revelation i loved coming out of that lecture and finding out this is not an underrated film but rather one of the highest rated foreign films in western culture the worst part of my studies was definitely B movies. Contemporary film fans would think these are the types of films that are aware that they are trash. However, this module actually dies into the origins of the phrase of the fe- of the phrase like, between 1920s yeah, movies, and yeah. 1950s. Attack of the 50 Foot Woman was definitely the worst of the bunch. Don't <laughs> get me started. Right. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Big up the sirens from top one percent club. Nice. Harry sent from that shitty BlackBerry flip phone everyone had as their first phone.
1: Harry, great question about that so yes I, st- I studied film at university and uh in terms of the first of all, your question was best module mm. so the best module I, in hindsight was actually the hardest one i didn't appreciate it at the time but i really did afterwards which was um the module on film theory which sounds heavy and dense I mean, and stuff. Saying, yeah. but like it was also the way that they res- expect us to respond to it so every week we would look at film approaching it from a different theoretical standpoint so film in regard to race film in regard to um uh, feminism in regards to um uh, uh was it not colonialism like or uh, and the, the male gaze like look at Laura Mulvey and like and each week we were required to apply a very deep like hard critical framework in response to we had to do like a mini essay each time and it was really tough and the films that we watched were you know were esoteric dry mm. you know really studying it on a kind of like molecular level but it's the sorry it's been such a long time since I spoke about that module i can't actually remember all the details but what i do remember is it despite being it being hard mm. and not enjoyable at the time after we finished that module every all, everyone on the course we all agreed that we it fundamentally changed the way we looked at films and we felt much more enriched for it and we learned the most and so that was that was a really great experience actually so it was the hardest one but mm. most most enjoyable in terms of the films that i enjoyed the most from my uh, studies. I actually went back and through my list of old films I've seen. I was going to say it's probably quite important to do that to people when they go to
0: approach film studies to sort of deconstruct your own sense of the structure of film yeah. and actually start force you to actually watch them in a very different way and analyze them in a very yeah. different way it was
1: it was really looking at like film as a mechanism for ideologies like yeah. that, that was it. it was approaching different ideal how film and in the and its apparatus promotes a sp- specific ideology. It, it was it's really never how you've watched oh, films until that it's point. it's like a really deep like if anyone knows their films of like bella Balash and like uh, uh jean-louis baudry or jean-luc baudry it's it's like real i'll
0: say this for the end actually
1: anyway but in terms of the films i watched in my modules that I most enjoyed. So we, in my first year, we just studied, um, I think we studied um, kitchen sink dramas, British mm. kitchen sink dramas. And there was a really, there's a really great one called Saturday Night and Sunday Morning starring Albert Finney. And uh, yeah, there, there's a line in it that, um, the the Artie Monkey's first album or whatever it's called, you know, whatever people say I am, that's not, that's what I'm not. That's from that movie, came out in 1960. It was part of the British uh, Young Angry Men sort of, genre which is like you take a working class city with a working class protagonist and have them engage in a kind of social debate in the in the way of in 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 the film so this one's kind of about like what it's like to be working and there are other ones that talk about like having an affair having premature baby um and there's always a bit in these um uh you know, films where the main protagonists will walk up to a vantage point and look out at their town and be like, well, I'm, uh, I'm fucking sick of it here. I'm going to go. But anyway, the, the film though is really funny, really slick. Albert Finney's great in it. And it's just a really like, it's just a really good film from that era. Like mm. when you go back and watch a film from 1960, you're like, oh yeah, films were awesome back then. They mm. they, they really did still make good films. Do you, we have lots of young listeners. I have more, George. but go on. Oh,
0: sorry. Oh, yeah, you continue.
1: Well, I will continue. My other, uh, uh, this is like my go-to old film when people say to me I don't watch old films. Brief Encounter. We studied British cinema. Um, so that was a separate module, we actually studied British cinema in depth. And we looked at Brief Encounter, which was made in 1945, David Lean directed, Noel Coward written, the way it depicted um, relationships, but also a, uh, a woman, a woman's feeling and, 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 and an expression of a woman's role in that era. Brief Encounter is only 90 minutes long. It's a really timeless, romantic um, film and it is I rewatched it again a couple of years ago it's really good like mm. it's really good it has all the kind of emotional things you'd expect for something like from past lives or um, the before films it's a really good good film and people are like oh i don't i don't watch older films i'm like it's only 90 minutes long and it was made in 1945 and it's iconic it's it's an iconic film anyone would have recognized the image of celia johnson and trevor howard on the travel on the on the train platform with the steam coming out Mm. and uh my other ones were i've not seen many bollywood films james but one we saw was called kal hona ho and it's a three hour long musical epic like most bollywood Mm. films and we sat in this lecture hall at uni and we watched it and i had a blast mm. it was so much fun there's two songs from it i still have on my playlist um which is great and just so much fun there's a, they do a cover of pretty woman in it and it's just fantastic and there was other one more british film as well called went the day well which is from the um the 1940s no, and it's about a young it's young it's about a british village um besieged by a um, spies basically, but Nazi spies who reveal themselves a bit like when the Eagle land, the Eagle has landed. Um, and the villagers have to like defend themselves. And it obviously like, it's kind of in an old fashioned way, but there's a really good bit where, um, there's this woman who get, who's got a German officer in her house and like he demands food, so she like gets him like a sausage, and then he demands some pepper, so she gets some pepper and throws it in his face. He's like, oh! <laughs> she gets an axe and kills him with it. <laughs> and like obviously it's done like all off camera, but for the 1940s, I was like, that's quite a badass way to dispatch mm. a Nazi officer. Um, those are the films. James, I
0: remember. I did a module in like American studies. We did a film one. It was Brokeback Mountain was one, which was great. And then obviously we had watched um, Footlight Parade from 1933, wow. which was brilliant. Yeah. But like with James Cagney, where oh, you've got wow. those, the base of the last, I want to say 30, 40 minutes of that film is the most epic Dance secrets with like 500 dancers on stage, you know, when it's just a huge stair stage, yeah. and then you've got all the water dances of the oh, women, like wow. all of that, like flowery, evolved stuff. Yeah. Uh, go on YouTube and check out the, the clips from that, and you'll see that they've been uh, quoted and memed yeah. in like a million different ways, and that was genuinely brilliant. And the whole film is about like a don't quote me on this like a, a dance producer choreographer trying to facilitate hollywood to film a massive dark sequence right so it's a little bit like this guy's a better. little bit of a chancer and he's got why Who do you got on, got on the phone talk to me now and then it all involves in this like amazing um looking for shanghai right that's pretty um do you rec we have lots of young listeners who love film <laughs> do you recommend film studies as a uni degree Because people will be interested in film, they listen, young people will be thinking, Uh, especially questioning the value of university. And not to take away from film studies, but I think some people might go, is it, it's not one of the staple subjects you do at school. Is it worth veering off from a very staple subject into film studies? Do you recommend it? And obviously you've not been at uni for a long time. Are
1: you saying like, well, it's not a traditional subject in the way that like English or history is? It's
0: an unknown. So for students and parents, it's not like
1: history, English, science. I think if anything, it's justified itself more and more over the past ten years, yeah with the with the, the advent of more social media and new media and 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 the increasing role of the moving image in our lives. I will say that if you were looking for a practical, at least this is from my experience at, at Sussex, if you were looking for a practical engagement with filmmaking or or media of that kind, you are more best you're best to be doing something like media studies or media.
0: i would I know a lot of people who did media studies as someone who works in media. I would not do media okay. studies. Okay. <laughs> Waste of t- time. Yeah. You can learn media studies in me half an hour. Back.
1: Okay, let me take that back a yeah. Forget
0: media studies. I just want to clarify my media studies thing. I don't think it's a bad degree. I think having like worked of our in media... It. Some of our listeners, I'm sure, are doing media studies. I think media studies is a very long and very expensive way to learn a lot of
1: stuff you'll learn very quickly on the job. Okay, That's interesting. I want to say. Back to what I mean about so. film studies is that if you're looking for like a practical engagement in filmmaking, you either need to probably... like. Just go and do it, as they say, or um, take a filmmaking course, which is different. What film is going to do for you is a much more academic approach, and you know, looking into, like I said, with my, that module, the mm. theoretical, ideological stuff behind it, which isn't for everyone. But if you, if you do you find that interesting and you're prepared to stick with it, you already love film. You're you're mm. actually equipping yourself with a, a whole framework and apparatus mm. with which to view the moving image for the rest of your life. Mm. So then, when you see stuff like on, whether it be on TikTok or at the cinema you understand the, what the visual image can do in a different way. And I, I, I benefited from, from a lot of that. Mm. No, I didn't leap into a career in film out of it. Mm. But that's a wider debate about what you what you ascribe the true value of a university ex- experience mm. is. I mean, this is a whole deep debate. Yeah. But I would say if you're going to do film studies, like you will get, the value of it is in just like ultimately rewiring your brain to re-see how the visual image totally. works. Totally.
0: I think I would say now that we're 10 years on from the uni application process or like yeah. first year, I would say based on my experience and friends of mine who've all left their university and gone traveling and left their first jobs, nine people out, nine times out of 10 people have moved around, I would say follow the interest. And <laughs> yeah. follow what you really love and chances are if you're listening to this you really love film yeah. I, I think I, I don't think you'd regret film okay. studies also
1: degree. I did English and film because I got into doing oh, yeah, English course, and I changed yeah. to English and film and actually. you know what in hindsight I'd rather just do film because ultimately it's where the interest lies as you said mm. and when you're trying to write a 6,000 word dissertation at 10 o'clock at night in the library mm. it's the interest that's going to get you through and make it easier and I ended up bending my entire English degree to fit my film degree. And I used to use my English degree to always write about film adaptations and things yeah. like that. And to the point where my English dissertation was only about films. I don't know how I swung that, but it was mm. fucking great. Uh, so just, yeah, go, go with your gut at the end of the day, because it's, if you're going to do something for three years, and you spend a lot of money on it. Mm. You'll, it'll be more worthwhile.
0: My housemates in uni, I think four of them did media studies. And when I say that like their assessed work was like cutting and sticking on a poster and handing that in wow and i was like that looks like something that a year nine pre-gcse homework assignment would be and i was a little bit like you're doing this media studies like where are all the skills in media and like what i was doing i had to like do statistics i was in psychology statistics analyzing studies doing like um cross study references like weird math stuff and i was like oh my god i could have been doing that which would have been way easier but but i obviously didn't do any media while i was at uni i was interested in media but i left and started working as a runner and i learned faster and better all of the skills that they would have learned in a media studies degree so i would just check it's very long and expensive way to do that and if you're cutting and sticking on a poster so basically course
1: nothing wrong with doing media studies but make sure you're getting Value out of it, yeah. Make sure, you're really getting getting a lot of value out yeah, of
0: it. Absolutely, especially now it's very expensive and time consuming.
1: This next one is from James. You know, well, I think I'll read it. Oh, sorry, you. yeah this next email is from james who just says hi fellas big fan of your potty and surprisingly a big fan of drumroll please dot 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 films yes magnificent brilliant and of course occasionally gorgeously sexy films Mm. are the one true art form anyway to get to the point i think it's time we accept the crown decided to make charles more redeemable because he's king now adios boys Mm. i'll have my golden nugget opinions for you soon cheers jambo james were you Ooh, what time of yeah? You said that ten past ten in the evening. I think you'd had a bit of port or something by that your <laughs> Christmas Merryman. Um We're going to be talking about the Crown in our bonus episode this week, so we'll just move that discussion. Well, to that, no? yeah.
0: I will say, off of broad strokes, the Crown has always been e- an equal amounts of critical <laughs> and celebratory of, of the monarchy.
1: I think it, is it, multi- it dishes dimen- it out in, uh, yeah. in lots of different ways. They've, it's a 3 dimen- It's attempting to be a three-dimensional characterization of those Definitely. people. So, I think. That is our
0: answer, James. This next
1: one's from Corey, who says, subject line,
0: chocolate. Hey, guys, I hope you're well. In episode 106, you talked for a while about chocolate. We did. Have you ever tried chocolate in coffee? Not a ton, just a tiny piece. You can get cacao nibs that are less processed. Might sound weird, but give it a shot. Best, Corey. Yes, Corey, I have. I like to pour... The, like you see on TikTok, like espresso over a block of chocolate, it's lovely. It's very, very yeah, nice. just
1: like dunk a Twix in and suck it through that.
0: No, no, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, just like fresh Nespresso right. being poured over the good chocolate. It's a little bit indulgent and strange, but maybe this it's did um,
1: This did kick off a big conversation because Michael, friend, friend of the, of the show, show, wrote in and about chocolate said, all right, all right, all right. Michael again from a damp, dreary Glasgow. Glad you enjoyed your time up here, James. I
0: I'll did. get
1: to my thoughts on Wonka in a second, but I had to get weighed into this chocolate in the fridge debate first, and I'm sorry. But But for such a reasonable man, whose opinions I so often find myself nodding along to, I simply cannot get behind George's Mm. abhorrent opinion Mm. of fridge chocolate. He's awful. How dare you? Saying it it tastes better from the fridge is objectively wrong. It Mm. actively tastes worse. It tastes weaker. It's not as smooth. You nearly lose a tooth with every bite. Even Hotel Chocolat, one of the fanciest of fancy chocolate makers, Mm. says chocolate kept in the fridge is worse, that it adversely affects texture, and that keeping it in the fridge prevents it from releasing all of its flavor. And here is a link to show that my pedantry has no bounds. And sure enough, yes. Michael has included a link from Hotel Chocolat about why you shouldn't put your chocolate in the fridge. Um, cool. I disagree. I disagree. I'm, I, I've, had, I've had it. The other day. I'm not saying, for the record, that chocolate tastes bad out of the fridge. I'm not saying I won't touch chocolate if it's not been in the fridge. But every time I eat it, I often go, if that been in the fridge, you'd lose that sort of acidic clagginess at the back of your throat. And you you're quite a nice fundamentalist ch- about it. Uh, in what respect? You
0: were like you were like it was, came across like you wouldn't leave chocolate out of the fridge. Uh, I, no, you're tolerant I, of it.
1: But you know what it is? I will eat chocolate out of the fridge, but I will never eat as much as I would have done if i if it'd been in the fridge because yeah, it's weird. just not got that refreshingness to mm. it. I think it's a personal thing. We should do. You know, we should do a taste. Someone did comment on the YouTube and say you do need to try them we'll side do, by side. We'll do. i have I'll had some two chocolate bars. Can I yeah, say? That's it?
0: that's fine. That's fine. Um, what what if I were to do that? Bar of dairy milk? I think you've got to go plain,
1: yeah to, keep, yeah, to get the objective. I think a bar of dairy milk in the... Or buttons, like buttons, because they're very... Uh, the
0: minstrels, I think, is a really key one. You could they're, do they're, buttons and minstrels, because buttons are very good, because so they rest on the tongue and
1: they melt. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's... But maybe it's because I like a bit more of a crunch. I'm a biscuit man, really, at heart, James. <laughs> <laughs> um, I and do then, love biscuit, too. Also, Michael shares his thoughts on Wonka, which I'm Speaking aware of, of chocolate. A lot of people would have used their Christmas break to go and see and Michael says I found myself broadly agreeing with your guy's opinion I thought it was all right, but I'm a bit blown away by the sheer number of five star reviews it got from many critics for me it didn't come anywhere near to the heights of the Paddington films as it's not consistently funny sometimes tipping over into being a bit cringy yeah I see that Uh, and nor is it consistently moving or heartfelt I think Chalamet copes surprisingly well with it being an all singing all dancing musical although his mother was on Broadway so shouldn't that be, be all that surprising I didn't know that I didn't know his mother was an actor but for me gene wilder will always be wonker i don't think chalamet's take not being as embittered or cynical as wilder's is an issue as wilder's is older and more worn down than the character um sorry more worn down by the greed he's been privy to in his career and chalamet's is still a fresh-faced newcomer in this iteration but like the two of you said chalamet's take definitely missed the sardonicism mischievousness and the off off the wall elements that wilder brought to the character. I don't think the songs are particularly memorable, I agree, I don't think they are, and found the little nods to the original 70s soundtrack to be a bit of a misstep. I obviously understand why they did it, but for me it only served to remind me of how great the songs from the original are, and how none of the new ones come close to the likes of The Candyman or Pure Imagination, although I appreciate it might be unfair to expect them to reach those heights. Ultimately, if we're going for a confectionery comparison, I'd say it's the cinematic Candy Floss, Bright, sweet, easily consumed, but not much substance to it outside of that. Michael, that is very spot on, I think, actually. That's a good little anecdote you've given us there. Roald Dahl, it, it really Analogy, does. rather. Yes. The, the whole, like, um, like you, you do think about Roald
0: Dahl, and we made this point in review. It is weird and sinister and dark, and there are really, like, harsh
1: consequences. But enjoyably dark. Yes. Deliciously like,
0: weird. Uh, he's the illustrator, Quentin Blake. Blake. Like, that sort of style of, like, kooky, weird, big yeah. nose, the witches, yes. the twits...
1: Big nose, not, in the, not the way Roald Dahl would describe it. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah like, you know what I mean? Like It it, lo- it was too soft around the edges, too mushy. That was my thing coming out of it. It's it a mushy marshmallow. Yeah.
1: It's a marshmallow. It's a marshmallow. It's not, you know the big ones, the big marshmallows. Yeah, it's you're like oh, okay. a nice bite of chocolate in or out of the fridge.
0: <laughs> you want a bit more fridge with, the, with your Wonka chocolate.
1: That concludes our emails for this week. It's time to play a game. Let's please do it. George? It's
0: 2024, and as always, yes. Pop Kitchen ends... With a game. With a game. George, we are back with a game that we picked up on at the end of the year, which was a faster, oh, varied goodness. version of the name 6 and 30. It's a name 3 in 6 seconds, but there's multiple per round. Rums. They kind of get a little bit harder towards the end, yes. where I'm thinking, they're all easy, but in 6 seconds... Yes. I have to be a bit easier. You but. really
1: put my brain through it. Yeah steam coming out of my ears yes
0: yes all right george are you ready you have to name three of these in six seconds ready three two one name three batman villains
1: uh uh, joker penguin and catwoman
0: yeah uh, yes name three films with one word in the title uh once (laughs) wally (laughs) up
1: up say it's a fail it's a fail name three film composers uh uh, 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 Howard Shaw, um, John Williams, and, uh, Five no, Five the Trent and <laughs> Ross. <laughs> name three films that came out in the 90s. Uh, Matrix, Truman Show, and Ace Ventura. Name three non-MCU Chris Evans films. Uh, Push, The Fantastic Four, and Gifted. Yes, name three films where the main character dies. Uh, spoilers. Um, Sunset Boulevard, um, main character, uh... Time, time. The Matrix. Matrix. Four, Three. Gladiator. Yeah, we've had that question before on this show. Troy. I think we shouldn't ask it because it does give away films. Uh, for... Old film. I think you're fine. I don't know. Oh, you said earlier we have young listeners. But I don't want to ruin To it know that himself.
0: Russell Crowe dies in the gladiator, that also doesn't ruin the movie for you.
1: Um, it's a shame to know it, though. I think I it's think. fine. All
0: right. Uh, you failed most of those, I'd say. Well, they That's why they're hard. They were also things that we've played... In 30 seconds, like the Uh, films with one word in the title. I thought so. Yeah. Catwoman is a bit of a stretch for a villain. I know. I know. Two-faced Joker, Bane. Oh,
1: Two Bane. Yeah. Whatever. Nerd. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, George, you ready for your second round? Sure. Of name three in six. George, you have to name three of these films in six seconds. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one. Name three films set in World War Two.
1: Uh seven private Ryan, uh Win the No, Seven Private Ryan and uh, uh Fury and uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Yes. Name three Sam Mendes films. Uh Revolutionary Road, American Beauty, and uh, um, Empire of Light. Yes. Name three actual titles of Fast and Furious films. Uh the Fate of the Furious yeah. Too Fast Too Furious yes. and Fast X Yes Name three Gary Oldman films Darkest Hour Leon and um, uh, Oppenheimer
0: Name three films starring Brendan Fraser not supporting The Mummy and uh, The Whale and another mu- oh, George of the Jungle Yes Name three R slash 18 rated comedies Oh The Hangover Yeah um,
1: Old School I Give it and uh... Big One Deadpool. Deadpool. There you go.
0: <laughs> Breathe. It's over. You made it. Sam Mendes nearly got you there. Right, well, it's Skyfall because it saved you.
1: Yeah, but I went for his non-blond, bon, non yeah. bond stuff. Do you know what?
0: Um, What's a good Sam
1: Mendes film? Revolutionary Road.
0: Yeah, American but Beauty. other than
1: that, is American Beauty good? Is American Beauty good? Is it actually good? I I've not seen it in over that. five years, but. Uh, I've only seen that it's once. I don't know if that's a good film anymore. I liked it when I watched we it. We talked about this recently, didn't we, about the guy filming the plastic bag and how that's not really interesting anymore. <laughs> did we Did we talk about it? Or you did? I think so, yeah. Was it you? Was it the other podcast I do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Reservoir Hot Dogs. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, that's it, by the way, we never talked about this on the show, but James and I have a running joke about Phantom spin-off uh, Pop kitchen the other gangs. you know like you know like how like there's the the wario to mario yeah and there's the like the, the bizarro world or the parallel yeah. universes where it's not called Pop kitchen but it's another tarantino food pun yeah. podcast so the inglorious
0: inglorious blanches
1: the inglorious blanches the reservoir hot dogs, dogs. the kill grills the, the um the death prove death proving. Like yeah, death, death proving bread um the once upon a time in paul hollywood yeah and we didn't have anything for django did we the Jackie Brown bread. Jackie Brown bread. Jando ungrained. Django- ungrained, un- maybe? Unleavened. <laughs> Mango. Mango unchained. Mango unchained. There you go. Yeah. Mango unchained. <laughs> Mango unchained. <laughs> all options, guys. All options. <laughs> all options. Uh, anyway, okay. Any more games for me? That, that a... is all, George. Thank you. That's for... all for our first episode of <sighs> the year. That
0: is goodness. episode 108. No, 109. Who knows anymore? Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pop Kitchen. I look forward to spending the rest of the year with yes. all of you.
1: Thank you for joining us in this new year. I, again, I hope you've had a great starts to the year. I look forward this to seeing to be all of those films. What a load of, got, we're going to have loads of great films to watch this year. And we're going to see films this year that we haven't even mentioned in that mm. list that we're going to love. And by the end of the year, we'll be going, wow, I loved that film. Like and subscribe for all of it, please. And bonus episode this week mm. coming out, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, Maestro, and Our Thoughts on the Crown. All of it. Check it out and as ever guys just please continue to like and subscribe and follow and share anything you do on Instagram and TikTok we put a lot of stuff out there clips on the show but also like highlights of us going to exciting experiences mm-hmm. screenings, premieres mm-hmm. shout outs and questions on uh, to the audience so continue to stay in touch on there
0: and just quickly if you wanted to know okay 2024 is cool what about 2023 go in back and check out the yes. Pulp Kitchen Awards we reviewed 2023 we gave our awards for best film best performance best scene best actors all of it if you haven't listened to that episode, it was great. We wore a black tie. Yes. Go and check that out. See, See you, you next week. week. New episodes every Wednesday. I didn't say that.